Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the shenanigans. It was the early 80s, and sex was still a good way to meet new people. The disappointment. That's a real shame when folks be throwing away a perfectly good white boy like that. And the self-confidence. I'm six foot, three inches tall, and maintain a very consistent panda bear shape. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. I can get to sleep. Think about the implications of diving in too deep and possibly the complications, especially. Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears. And Rad B. And today we kick off a new year by stripping everything down to the basics and honoring three acoustic versions of classic 80s songs. Day after day, it reappears. Night after night, my heartbeat shows the fear. Ghosts appear and fade away. Don't forget, Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Podcast Network. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and the CLNS Media mobile app. And remember, this new CLNS Media website has launched at clnsmedia.com. clnsmedia.com is now the home of this podcast and 40 other podcasts and vidcasts in the world of sports, finance, comedy, and lifestyles. I'm thinking we're comedy? I'm going to go with comedy. Um, not Maybe it, not this show, but normally. Not that funny. <laughs> Support our network by checking out this episode and others at clnsmedia.com. That's clnsmedia.com. <laughs> Okay, I just want to warn you that uh, when I wrote this song, I was listening to The Cure a lot. So So we all know the opening tune, Colin Hayes' acoustic version of Overkill, perhaps best known from the TV show Scrubs. But it's also perhaps the best known of all acoustic hits from the 80s. We've been thinking about this for a while now. There are so many amazing versions of 80s hits done acoustically. And so we're going to each pick one today and honor them. But first, Brad has an announcement. I could not bear the thought of talking to you by myself again, Steve. And so joining us today, somebody who wishes that the 80s were on her weather channel, as well as her podcast channel from the frozen Northeast, it's Jen with one N. Frozen is the key (laughs) word, people. (laughs) Hello, 80s nation. It is freaking cold. How bad? How cold is it? I just came in from outside as we record this. It's late on a Friday night, and it is, I think, negative five. Oh, wow. no. It's not pretty. It's Wave not off. pretty. Wave off. Yeah. It's about uh, 40 or high 30s here in Florida. Brad? Oh, right, right this minute, it's probably in the 50s. Yeah. Yeah. See, when I first moved to Maine, I would look at these people and they'd wear shorts when it was 50. And I thought, you people are crazy. And now I'm like, I think I understand <laughs> I mean, what is going on here. So this is the first show of 2018 for Stuck in Yees. Uh, how did everyone enjoy their holidays? So my holidays were super chill, but the good chill where you just sit around in your pajamas a lot of the time and nice. hang out. It was really nice. It was super mellow, you guys. What about you, Brad? Uh, well... I had we had a little excitement on Christmas Day. Uh, my mother-in-law traditionally makes a big prime rib for the whole family, oh. and she always makes Yorkshire puddings. 
Well, this year, I don't know if you're familiar with how Yorkshire puddings are made, but there's pan drippings that go into like a kind of like a muffin tin and then the, the batter goes in there and you put it in the oven, pop it in the oven, it cooks. Well, apparently some of the grease got out of one of these tins and onto the floor of the oven and we look in the uh-huh. oven and there's a grease fire going <laughs> oh, inside no. the oven. <laughs> like, well, it's getting smoky in here. And, you know, I'm like, okay, what do we do? And I'm like, just leave it closed. It'll burn out. There's not that much grease. And Katie was not having it. So she reached into her mother's pantry and grabbed like the big container tub of flour, opened up the oven and I'm like, not flour, (laughs) you know, slow motion, (laughs) silo explosions. And she just dumps five pounds of flour into the oven, which to her credit, instantly smothered the flame instantly. It's gone out. And then the house filled with smoke. Uh. So I'm like waving with like gift boxes and waving the smoke towards open windows. My brother-in-law goes out in the garage and gets a leaf blower and is using that to blow. So oh it my was, god! It was amazing. So we also found out her smoke detectors don't work that day. Oh, uh-huh. so you know that was that was exciting. And then after that kind of calmed down, uh, you know, the food tasted so good because everyone's adrenaline was just like charging, you know, it's just like, oh, this is the best. (laughs) So, oh my gosh. So then the next day, karma came to visit me and I got a chance to, to finally pay back a a debt to karma. When I was maybe in my early twenties, I went to visit my older sister and at the time I was living in some apartment where I had to pay for laundry. So she's like, oh, bring your laundry. So as I was leaving, you know, I went to go and get the last load out of the dryer as I was about to drive back home. And I realized that I had run an entire pack of big red gum through her dryer. Mm. And it was just plastered all over the inside of her dryer. And I'm like, oh, sorry about that. Got to go. Oh, no. Bye. And, just, and then Katie know. threw flour in it. So, <laughs> no, so, I got to spend the, yeah. so I got to spend the day after Christmas disassembling my mother-in-law's oven and cleaning five pounds of flour out of it because it got everywhere. <laughs> like, oh, I didn't no. realize wow. ovens came apart in that many pieces. So. Wow. That's amazing. So, yeah. So that was fun. That's that my fun. Christmas excitement. During my break, I have to just say this, that um, it wasn't entirely lazy. I was actually learning things, too, because I did watch many episodes of The Great British Baking Show, oh, and, they so made York- and they made Yorkshire pudding, and it, I didn't realize how difficult it was. <laughs> That's a great show. Well, I'm sure it was tasty. Well, speaking of stripping ovens down to their core, today we're going to strip the 80s hits down to their core. In May 2006, there was an album release called 80s Hits Stripped. It's out of print now. But it had 15 amazing acoustic renditions of classic Haiti songs, a couple of which um, we'll honor today. But speaking of the new year, this is a perfect time to announce that HelloFresh is returning as a sponsor for Stuck in the 80s for all of 2018. I can't be more happy because I personally, I love their meals. As I mentioned about six months ago, even my doctor commented on how all my tests came back so much improved after I went on HelloFresh, which delivers three meals each week to my doorsteps. Well, I went again to my doctor last week. Right before the holidays, which I guess is better than going right after the holidays. And he was happy to tell me that my cholesterol levels are all back to normal and I might be able to come off those meds before his next visit. And I'm not the only stuck in 80s person who loves it. Robin Lagana, a longtime stuck in 80s listener who subscribed to HelloFresh after hearing about it on the show, she wrote me yesterday and said how much she was enjoying her plan. Her first meal were, were these uh, Parmesan chicken strips with the rosemary potatoes and green beans. And she said the recipe was easy enough that even her husband could cook it. Like me, wow. her. No, seriously. I mean, I'm actually a good cook. I, I will. You'll cop to that. Brag about that. But like me, her husband needs to shy away from eating the red meat. So uh, being able to pick your own meals each week from HelloFresh is a big win. I do avoid the red meat. 
actually, I've even switched lately to the vegetarian plan just to give it a shot, see if I can eat a little bit healthier. It's so easy to do. All you do is you go to their website. You just make a click. Okay, I don't want the classic plan. I want vegetarian. That's all you have to do. The first meal I got, spiced cauliflower mac and cheese with a mixed green salad. It was incredible. I, I got like three meals out of it. Yeah, it sounds good. It was fantastic. Plus, we all know we get busy from time to time, especially during the holidays and like this month we're all traveling and stuff like that. The cool thing about uh, HelloFresh is you can pause the account. You just go to the website, you click skip week, and that's it. You don't have to like provide a reason or do anything like that. Just hit skip week, move on. And because you're a listener of Stuck in the 80s, we want to give you the incentive to try HelloFresh. For $30 off your first week of HelloFresh, just go to HelloFresh.com, enter promo code RADICAL30. That's HelloFresh.com, promo code RADICAL30. Trust me, you're going to love it just like I do. Speaking of total love and adoration, I'm so excited about this week's topic. We've been talking about this for months now. I don't think we've teased about it a little bit on the show. New year, new shows, new great sponsorship from HelloFresh. So let's dive right into it. The acoustic version of classic 80s songs. Brad, get us started. What's your pick? Steve, my pick this week is The Walk by The Cure. That particular version is from The Cure's appearance on MTV Unplugged, uh, which aired on January 24th, 1991. Sorry, just across the border from the That's 80s. Okay. But That's okay. It's an 80s song. It's an 80s song. But when we started talking about acoustic stuff, my mind just goes straight to MTV Unplugged. It didn't start until the very end of the decade. It started uh, November of 1989, just under the wire. But there were a ton of 80s artists that appeared on the show. You know, The Cure, R.E.M., Sting are ones that I really remember. But they also had a lot of kind of rockers on there. Rat was on, Poison was on. Uh, and you get some pretty interesting performances there. But the reason I wanted to start with this song is because I thought it was really clever. You know what a sucker I am for clever. I thought it was really clever the way The Cure got around the fact that they couldn't use synthesizers in this set. And on this version of The Walk, they recruited members of the audience to come and play kazoo to cover the main synth line. Nice. All right. That's pretty clever. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so, too. I thought so. I mean, that's just pointed right at me. Come on. I'm going (laughs) to eat that up. (laughs) Not the bassoon. No, no, no. <laughs> never the bassoon, sir. Never the bassoon. I like this. It's it's fun. It is the cure at its most whimsical. And yet also depressing. You know, they actually are touring 2018, I think, on their 40th anniversary tour. Seriously? Wow. And they're doing a show in London. Like they're doing some like main festival show that basically is, you know, for them. They're the okay. headliner everything and they're playing like at least a two-hour show. And they say, I guess, for the last couple of tours that they practice about 90 songs so that during the tour, like the set list could change that dramatically any given night that they know 90 songs that they could play. Wow. 
Cameron and I saw them at the Hollywood Bowl, I think a couple of summers ago now, and I got to tell you, they sounded amazing. Robert Smith is not the Robert Smith you remember from the 80s, but he sounds like the Robert Smith from the 80s, and the band was tight, and it was a great night. They're still on my list of uh, bands to see, so maybe 2018 is my lucky year. It's encouraging to me that they're 40 years in and they're still trying. You know what I mean? Like yeah, they're, still they're not put, the putting in set. Yeah. Exactly. And they're putting in the time and, and the energy to to give a good show. That's awesome. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you know what, Jen? Now that I think about it, like they didn't take a break. Like they just played and played and played and played. Oh, it was great. Nice. I, I couldn't recommend seeing them more highly. Jen, what's your pick for the uh, first round of our acoustic uh, classic show? I picked Jesse's Girl by Rick Springfield. Jesse's a friend. Yeah, I know he's been a good friend of mine. But lately something's changed. It ain't hard to define. Jesse's got himself a girl. I want to make her mine. And she's watching him with those eyes. And she's loving him with that body. I just know it. And he's holding her in his arms late at night. You know I wish that I had Jesse's girl I wish that I had Jesse's girl What can I find a woman like that? This version of Jesse's girl is on that acoustic album that you mentioned at the top of the show and I I love it. I just love this song. And I, I feel like he I mean, I guess this is true of any song that goes from electric to acoustic but i feel like this one for me it gives new life to this song that i've heard millions of times since yeah. i was eight years old mm-hmm. and and he's performed it a lot he performed it in um south by southwest in 2013 when i was looking around for versions of this song he played it on the cbs morning show in like 2009 <laughs> but, nice but he still plays it in concert he continues to do full band shows and solo shows which he actually calls stripped down and He's still touring. He's going to be touring all this year, including performing some of these stripped down solo shows. In fact, when this drops, he'll have just performed in New Jersey and he'll be performing in New York later in the week. Wow. Yeah. So, and I'm certain this is his finale. I mean, it's got to be right. Uh, well, no, I've, I've seen <laughs> yeah. him perform like three or four times live. Yeah. Uh-huh. <clears throat> now, granted, it's been maybe six years since I've seen him, but normally okay. this comes in the middle of the set. Ah, Okay. Mm-hmm. Now Ooh, I will say I will the song itself, not the acoustic version. Okay, I've not seen him play the acoustic version in concert, but he does play the regular version, and he, he kind of milks the very beginning of it. Like he plays the first couple of notes, everyone goes screaming and stuff, and then he plays the next couple of notes. And I think it's <laughs> he one looks of the ones, up, looks around. <laughs> the corner, oh my god! Do you remember this one? <laughs> and, but I, I don't remember what he ends with. But it's it's usually not Jesse's girl. So okay, yeah, that's kind of nice. Listen to the 80s cruise, and because he's the host, I think he's doing multiple sets. I will, I will almost guarantee it that he does the acoustic version on the 80s cruise. I would love to see an acoustic set from him. That would be really fun. Yeah, for sure. And not just Jesse's Girl, but other songs too. I, oh, I, yeah. I bet he does. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh my God. All his songs would sound good. I mean, that's the way he wrote them. So why wouldn't they sound good, you know, that way? So it'll, it'll be fun. It'll be a lot of fun. Right. And I'm not a huge like country western fan, but I love that little slide guitar at the beginning especially. Yeah. It's got that little country twang kind of thing. I think it's really fun. I think I might have mentioned this in another show about this song. <laughs> I love this song no matter what version plays. And I told my husband this once. I told him that I love this the song. The song is perfect. It's like a perfect pop song to me. And he said that he thinks any song with the word moot in it is not cool. <laughs> 
And then I was like, okay. (laughs) I know. But I remember when I was eight listening to it, I had no idea what he was singing when he said, you know how you get lyrics wrong. But because I I didn't, I mean, I wasn't, I did not know what the word moot meant when I was eight years old. So (laughs) I'm not sure what fake word I threw in there to, to sing along, but, uh, yeah, I love this song, even if it's got the word moot in it. I don't I, care. I love this song because it has the word moot in it. This could be the <laughs> exception that proves the rule. Thank you. Yeah. Thank Abs- you. Absolutely. Tell him, absolutely. tell him we said that, and we know stuff. Yeah, we do. So much stuff. So here's my pick for classic 80s songs. One of the first bands that I kind of got hooked on in the 80s was Asia. And so it's natural that uh, you know when all else fails, I come back to home with Heat of the Moment by John Wetton. We lost Asia's lead singer, John Wetton, in 2017. He passed away back in January, and he definitely deserved his own memorial episode of this podcast, and we didn't do it. We just couldn't get Steve out of the bathroom. He was in there (laughs) sobbing for weeks. Not too far from the truth. But I think we were kind of consumed at the time because we were getting ready for the 80s cruise, which back then was in early February. So we were racing to get that done. I know for a fact we only did one show last January. Heat of the Moment, the original version anyway, was the first release from the Supergroup's first album. It was the first album I got on cassette, and my parents bought it for me for Christmas that year. We were at my grandmother's place in Ohio. We, we lived in Florida at the time, but we had to go up there to Columbus. So I'm like, how old would I have been? Like 14 years old, maybe? 14, yeah, maybe 15. And so, I mean, I'm in, I'm in Columbus, Ohio. I have no car. So I basically listened to this album, like start to finish on the cassette so many times. I think I wore it out before I even got home. <laughs> It was written by John Wetton and keyboardist Jeff Downs. It spent six weeks atop the rock charts in 1982. Oh, and by the way, the lyrics, and now you find yourself in 82. A lot of people think that refers to the year the song was released because it was indeed 82. But John Wetton once said it actually refers to a specific venue he once played. Hmm. So that's kind of weird. He was one of the people I always really wanted to interview. Um, yeah. I did I did get a chance to interview um Carl Palmer the drummer once but John Wetton like his songs were so morose you know I had to interview him and I never got a chance I bet he talked in rhyme too <laughs> maybe he definitely talked. I, I have to say this version of this song is so spearsy it is so spearsy and I I love this but it is such a different it's just a different tone. It's a completely different take on the song. And it's, you know, it's one of the things we talk about when we talk about covers, how when people do covers, you'd like when it's, I like it when they bring something different to the party. Yes. Like, don't just re-sing it. Don't give me a karaoke mm-hmm. version. Give me something different. And I feel like they did in this version. And I just, I love this version. And, and the other thing I'll say is you talk about not understanding lyrics. I had no idea what they were, that he said, and now you find yourself in 82 until I heard this version of it. Right. I like to always think of it as being atmospheric. There's just something about it that doesn't quite seem like it's the same. We're not on the same level. It's not an anthem. It's, it's, just, it's, it's more introspective. 
that you listen to the full thing all the way through. It's just, and a lot, like a lot of um, acoustic songs that we're going to cover over the next few months, because this is not going to be the only episode of shows that we do about acoustic songs. This is merely the first. A lot of these will be live performances like this one was. That's just the way it is. This is the first of many. This acoustic version uh, does appear on the 80s hit Stripped album. It was recorded, we believe, in 1996 while Wetton was away from Asia. He did have a significant solo career, but he would often perform this acoustic version of his Asia hit when he toured solo. Is this version a little slower? Yeah, a step or two. It it goes to like, yeah. I kind of kind of think of it as it goes on the pace that he's at at the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just He's just kind of taking his time and enjoying the song. Yeah. You know what I'd like to take my time and enjoy right now? Hey, it's time for listener mailbag. This week, we're going to let Jen read the email because Brad is tragically under the weather. We don't have any weather in California, but somehow I've managed to get (laughs) under it. (laughs) This letter is from Basil in uh, Crofton, Maryland. All right, here we go. Dear Brad and Steve, I have been listening since the very beginning in 2005 and have enjoyed every single episode, though some more than others. Say, when are you having Tom Wopat back on the show? Ouch. Mm-hmm. Zing. Being born in 1964, I kind of straddle the late 70s and early 80s where music is concerned. But working in a movie theater for three years in college during the middle 80s definitely puts me in the thick of that very distinct time in American film. I always worked the midnight show at the University of Maryland Student Movie Theater and recall we were showing Stop Making Sense, the Talking Heads concert movie. I love that movie. At one point, a couple dozen students jumped up on stage and began slam dancing and my manager told them to get the hell off the stage before they heard something. To my untrained and naive eye, I thought they were possessed as I had never seen anything like it before. They scared me, so I refused. I didn't lose my job, but the boss was pissed. <laughs> Anyway, you said in this past week's show to send you letters, quote, especially those of heartbreak and agony, unquote. Well, I experienced both this very Christmas night, thanks to B-Rad. Oh, God. All of my kids were in the other room playing video games or on their phones, so I pulled out my iPad, brought up YouTube, and said to my wife, this Christmas show came highly recommended by some podcasters I listened to. You got it. The ALF Christmas special. Oh, gosh. Let, let the record state, I did not recommend this show to anybody. I did not represent <laughs> this true. show. I have not seen this show. <laughs> Don't put this crap on me, Basil. Okay, I'll allow it. For the next 45 minutes, my wife and I sat beside our Christmas tree's warm glow while ALF took out our hearts and stomped on them like a cat he seems so willing to eat. Among the sadness and emotional distress you gave us was, one, a dying little girl who draws herself with wings because she knows this is her last Christmas. <laughs> Two, Cleavon Little planning to end it all since his wife just died. And three, a woman in labor trapped in an elevator with only a furball puppet to help her who, by the way, convinces her to name the baby he somehow delivers the same name as the dying girl. Wow. Oh huh. my God. Okay. A reminder, this was during Christmas night, a reminder yeah. where we are here. And even the fact that when, <laughs> and even the fact that when Alf saves George on the bridge and uses the exact same dialogue as the same scene in It's a Wonderful Life, as sort of an homage, pales in comparison to the final credits. When you think that this emotional assault is over, you find out the entire episode is dedicated to a real girl who passed away that same year. Who does this sort of stuff? Anyway, thanks for the recommendation. It was truly awful. 
and we enjoyed every minute of it. Next oh, then up, I, then I take all the credit. Yes, <laughs> give me the credit. Give me the credit. <laughs> Next up, a He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special. Until no. then. <laughs> I'll say that for next year. You shouldn't do two in one year. Until then, I remain hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Basil Rhymes with Tazzle in Crofton, Maryland. Wow. Ay, ay, ay. That was brave. I, I got to admit, I was putting together that uh, the clips for that Christmas episode. And Mike Pajaro, who actually did cover that special, had given me these clips like, you know, from this moment till this moment. And so I went to it and watched them. And as I'm trying to, you know, Edit the audio in there, and I was weeping at my terminal, which is not unusual, but this time it was because of a puppet, and <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely one of the most depressing episodes to edit together. Says the man who did the breaking up in the eighties episode. So, Oof. I listened to that episode, um, and I was like busily doing Christmas shopping, and I was in the grocery store in the produce section, and I was like out loud said, "Oh my god!" Like <laughs> listening to the description, <laughs> oh, that <was> horrible. <laughs> Anyway, thanks for the letter. That was awesome. Who knew that that show was going to go in that direction, but it did. Anyway, we love your letters, especially ones of despair and agony and pain. Send them to podcast at sit80s.com. Ah, the mystical refrain that is, I want my mystery TV theme song. We will play a snippet of a theme song from a TV show from the 80s. If you get it right, you're into the drawing for a, uh, we still have the bottle opener. With emblazoned, emblazoned with the glorious logo of Stuck in the 80s. I have a fair backlog to send out, but yes, I do still have some. Yeah. Hey, and if you want to buy something of your own, you can always go to sit80s.com slash store. And we have... Um, special stuck in 80s t-shirts and we have just like regular 80s t-shirts that are pretty cool that aren't super nerdy with our logo on them but just like only half like tron stuff you know last starfighter that kind of stuff modern grade so anyway pay attention here's the clip from our last show yep that's bork and mindy Steve, you finally picked something that I actually watched. <laughs> you know, most of the show actually happened in the 70s. Only a couple years overlapped into the 80s. Oh, maybe that's why. I love this show. It was fun. Of course it was. I, I loved it too. Can someone help me out with the show real quick? So there's that last episode where the bad guy, for, for lack of my, my memory, is failing me a little bit here. But, it, you know, it was after Mirth was born. Jonathan Winters was born. Mork's son. And then... There was this episode where Mork was about to like die or, or, you know, or like the world was going to end because of this. I'm trying to remember who the character was. He was on Murphy Brown too, but I, it literally ends that way, but there's no like other. So I've watched it in syndication when I was growing up like three or four times through. Well, what happens at the very end is Hawkeye flies away (laughs) <laughs> and DJ has spelled out the words goodbye and stones down in the uh That medical. makes sense. No, that makes sense. Okay, thank you for clearing that up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Brad, if anybody uh, re- knows what happens at the end of that show, yeah, please, please somebody know. explain it to us via email because I didn't see it either. Uh, Brad, read some of the winners. Winners this week include Tim from Toadsuck, Joseph Purdue, Eric Newell, Anastasia in Colorado, Jeff Jeffro Tilly in Australia, Greg Kaiser, Jay Swash in Beaver Creek, Dave Augie August, Dave and Carol Parrott. They emailed individually to give them winners. <laughs> Sorry, guys. One entry per household. Kevin Serving Wench. Brendan Framingham Mass. Rob Sands. 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 I'm sorry, Rob. Rob S. Jeff Rocks in Indiana. Tom Corn in Austria. Scott in New Hampshire. Dave Dirt. Stony Stitt. Buckeye Girl. And Gabriel Daigle. Okay, let's spin the wheel and find out who wins the uh, bottle opener. <laughs> Never gets old. Uh, okay, and it's going to come to a conclusion on Buckeye Girl. You are this week's winner. So just Excellent. email us your snail mail address, and uh, we will send you a bottle opener. In the meantime, pay attention. Here's this week's mystery TV theme song. If you know it, email us at podcast at SIT80s.com and tune in next week to find out if you're a winner. We'll be right back after this commercial break. We're back. We get just a few minutes left. I thought, let's play an old game that we've sadly forgotten here. What's your 80s obsession? Jen, what is your 80s obsession this week? Well, I am very excited about this because I just discovered it last night. (laughs) But I am truly obsessed with it. So I had mentioned in an earlier episode how I've been watching The Americans and trying to catch up. It's season six, which is the final season is going to air in a couple of months. So I'm trying to catch up and I'm so close to being there. But I just discovered a companion podcast on the Slate TV Club. It's I think it's just called The Americans on Slate TV Club. It is so awesome, you guys. It's um, I think the first few episodes or several episodes are hosted by um, the script supervisor. And she is talking to people like the the creator of the show, Joe Weisberg, and the, you know, one of the producers. Um, I think his name is Joel Fields. Anyway, she talks to them. She talks to the actors. She talks to the costume designers because I have mentioned my love for the clothing on this show. It is really um, well done. She talks to the, like, the music guy. I mean, it, it really gets into behind the scenes of a TV show. And it's really cool that they got somebody at that level who could pull those people in. That's great. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. And it, it start, there's, I mentioned there's five seasons. It starts, um, the podcast only starts in season three. So I think by that time they had sort of found their mojo and like got, got a lot of support and everybody realized what a brilliant show that is. But I was listening to the first episode last night. The script supervisor is talking to the, the two guys who, who run the show. 
And they're talking about the detail to which they plan the episodes in terms of um, being faithful to the 80s. So they literally have like the show, the episode that you're talking about, they locate it in a time, but not just a time, like they pick a day or a week or however long that episode might be. For example, if somebody's watching a show, they figure out what date that is in 1982, oh, what okay. time it is, and what yeah. they could be watching at 1045 at night. Wow, nice. That, nice. That's good. amazing. Like, they're so Respect. faithful. And you, I mean, it's, oh, me too. Like, it's beyond, you know, how like a movie or a show will play some 80s sounding songs, no matter what time of the era right. it is. I'm looking yeah. at you, 13 going on 30. The Americans doesn't do that, but I had no idea how deeply and committed they are to making this real like yeah. not just historically but just in feeling and stuff like that and the two guys who made it are like our age so they you know they're like oh we got to get that football video game the hand football video yeah. game like we need to get our hands on that because this is what he would be playing in this in this yeah. era but yeah so specific so great and they're all really smart and funny so i highly recommend 1a Watch The Americans. One B, listen to this podcast. It's a lot of fun. Jen, for those who want to catch up on The Americans, what where can they find it online? So f- the first five seasons are on Amazon Prime. And I think that's it. And they're, they're probably available in DVD. Excellent. Well worth it. I mean, I feel like after the whole show ends, I might want to go back and rewatch them. I do it all the time. Brad, what's your 80s obsession? My 80s obsession this week is uh, an obvious one, I think. Released yesterday, the Breakfast Club Criterion Collection version. Nice. Yeah. So, I don't know. You probably saw some news about this before the uh, before the holidays that it was coming out and that there was going to be a bunch of extended scenes and, and deleted stuff that was going to be packaged with it. And I, I turned to my family and said, well, it looks like they finally figured out a way to get me to buy another copy of this movie. I'm really interested to see the all the extra features on it. There's there's some essays with um, John Hughes production notes. There's a documentary uh, with the cast and the crew. And like I said, there's almost an hour of deleted and extended scenes. And some of me kind of thinks, well, there's a reason they were maybe deleted. Like they didn't move the story or they just didn't really fit with the way John Hughes decided to go with the movie. But I still think it will be interesting just from a historical perspective to see the stuff he shot. Of course. Is this an anniversary year for the movie, Brad? Uh, no, I don't believe so. It's not. I'm just wondering why they would release it so early in the year. Like, yeah. Why not release it at Christmas when Jen can get a copy for a gift? <laughs> On January 2nd. Yeah, well, because yeah, kind of start your Christmas list early or birthday yeah. or Something Valentine's makes Day or Valentine's Day. <laughs> I would bet it's a legal thing where it wasn't, they didn't have the rights to release another version until 2018. Mm-hmm. Could they well did be. the first possible day. Could very well be. So here's my 80s obsession. Uh, we have reunion news. The Stray Cats have announced that they're going to get back together and perform for the first time in 10 years. Slim Jim Phantom, Brian Setzer, and Lee Rocker will have to comb their pompadours back into form for an April 21st <laughs> show at the Orleans Hotel in Las Vegas. It's not like an 80s weekend or anything like that that they're headlining. It's the Viva Las Vegas Rockabilly Weekend. Whoa. Which uh, includes performances by Jerry Lee Lewis, as well as pinup contests, burlesque shows, and jiving lessons. And I don't even want to know. <laughs> the bigger question is, will this kickoff uh, reunion show be part of a larger reunion tour? We'll find out because there's plenty of opportunities. And there's plenty of people out there who would love to see the Stray Cats uh, strut their stuff one more time. Yeah, you're not kidding. 
In the meantime, like I said, this is the first of uh, many shows, we believe, about acoustic hits of our 80s classics. So if you have a favorite, email us in your suggestions, and we will consider them for future shows. I feel like cool stuff can come, like can be uncovered, you know, right. like somebody's oh, got yeah. hidden gem yeah. or something. Yeah, so send us, send us a YouTube link, too, especially if you've got one. Let's make this fun. We'll make it interactive. In the meantime, we remain here right with Colin Hay and Men at Work, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Day after day. Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Media Network. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or the CLNS Media mobile app.